Welcome to Improving Sales Performance, a podcast highlighting tips and insights aimed at helping sales organizations realize and maybe even exceed their goals. Here, we chat with thought leaders, experts, and gurus who have years of sales experience from a wide range of industries. I'm your host, Matt Sunshine, CEO at the Center for Sales Strategy, a sales performance consulting company. In this episode, we're once again diving into the fifth annual Media Sales Report by the Center for Sales Strategy. Today, we're exploring why sales managers are experiencing such increased difficulty in achieving organizational goals. Joining me to discuss that and so much more is Stephanie Downs, SVP Senior Consultant here at CSS. Stephanie provides such valuable insights like how a sales manager's calendar should reflect the strategy of developing and coaching their people. Why we often make recruitment harder on ourselves by not having a firm plan in place. And finally, why adding people to your sales team is not always the solution. With that, let's get the conversation started. So in the uh, in the most recent uh, uh, media sales report, the fifth annual media sales report, um, we learned that eighty one percent, or the data suggested mm-hmm. that eighty one percent of sales managers say that achieving their company, their organizational goals, is becoming even more difficult. So here are the questions for you. What are you seeing uh, that might be causing that? And and what advice do you have for for the sales managers that might be listening to this? Um, who are who are those mm-hmm. those eighty one percent? They're struggling to meet their organizational goals. Yeah. Um, so, couple of conversations that I'm having pretty frequently related uh, to this topic because it's coming up a lot recently is um, coach the coach, and I'll come back to that in a second. And uh, what's being tracked just from a leading indicator standpoint and from an accountability standpoint and also structure, hearing lots of things about is my structure working today and are changes needed? So from an advice standpoint, I'm going to start with the uh, coach the coach piece of that because that seems to be coming up a lot lately. I would, um, if I was a sales leader, I would pay attention to my calendar. Here's what I mean by that. I would look at my calendar and say, does my calendar reflect the strategy of developing and coaching people? Or does my calendar reflect something very different from that? My guess is that it may not reflect the strategy of coaching and developing people. And our people are our biggest asset. They should be where we're investing the majority of our time. So that would be one thing. Something else that I would recommend on that is from a structure standpoint, because there's a lot of conversations about changing of structures. I would just ask yourself a few simple questions of, is your current structure doing what it was designed to do? And if not, you know, think about your three KPIs, you're paying attention to your performance metrics, whatever those, you know, whatever those are. Um, 
what of those threes are, are not being achieved and what in the structure is not supporting that? And so whether that's the number of people or new positions needed or a lead generation strategy, I mean, there could be a number of different things, but I would start with that calendar strategy and asking yourself a couple simple questions about structure. Yeah, um, I it's it's interesting conversation and and we certainly hear this again and again and again and the coaching mindset um yeah it's becoming increasingly um more important mm-hmm. uh, the i i read um i'm a big fan of john gordon and yeah. uh, john uh posted something on linkedin yesterday where uh he said he is having a conversation with john maxwell the the, the author yeah. Yeah. And he said to John Maxwell, how do you do it? Like, you're you're brilliant, right? And um, John Maxwell said to him, you know, it's consistency. Consistency yeah. and, and consistency compounds. That's right. right. And, yeah. and so I coaching, right? And, and so I read that. I was like, consistency yeah. compounds. Like, oh, that's so It's so good. smart. <laughs> now, yeah. Here's the thing. Coaching someone one time. Don't Don't bother. Don't bother. <laughs> I mean, okay, I gave him coaching, check. No, it's a it's a constant commitment. That's to right. Coaching. Yeah. Consistency compounds. Coaching compounds. That's right. Frequency, consistency. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh digging deeper into the media sales report, um recruitment. Uh, mm-hmm. always going to be a topic yeah. <laughs> that we find ourselves talking about. And in some years, um it's 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 uh, easier in some years. It's harder. Yep. Some years you're needing to hire more people. Other years you're not needing to hire as many people. But yeah, 43% of sales managers still say it is the hardest part of their job. Mm-hmm. So whether it is hard out there or whatever, it, 43%, just under half, are saying it's the hardest part of the job. So what can managers do to uh, make this part of their job a little easier? And how can managers Mm -hmm. um, better recruit while keeping uh, an eye on achieving those organizational goals? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I agree. It is hard out there. I I don't want to minimize the fact that it's hard out there. But I think we also make that harder on ourselves, too, because we don't have um, a plan in place for it. Right. Or we do it when we have open positions and not all year round. We should be doing that all the time and building our talent bank. Right. Um, And I think that sales leaders also feel the pressure that they have to do it all themselves. Don't do it in a vacuum. Get people to help you. Right. Have a team. Ask your employees. Create employee incentive plans to to get referrals from them. Ask clients for referrals. Use nominator questions to make the efforts when you are recruiting better. Don't just say who are the best salespeople, you know, that call on you. Um, Who are those that problem solve on a regular basis? Who has the best ideas? Who um, are naturally inquisitive? You know, think about what that outbound effort looks and sounds like. But, you know, it goes back to even what we were saying earlier about your strategy on the calendar. 
you have to put 60 minutes on the calendar every week that you are actively having candidate conversations or that you're searching on social media or reaching out to clients, whatever that is, but you got to have a strategy to support it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and it, and I know you're getting ready to, uh, to lead talent focused management yeah. like this week today. Yeah, today. <laughs> and that'll be, uh, this will be one of the things that I, that I know you're going to focus on. And yeah. I think that every, one of the biggest takeaways that, that is, that is shared at the end of every talent focused management workshop that CSS yeah. has ever done. And I don't know how many CSS has done. I would imagine that we've probably run that workshop a couple of hundred times yeah. <laughs> over, over the years, right? Over the last 40 years. Um, oh, I would say 100% of the time at the end of that workshop, when we go around the room and say biggest takeaways, talent bank. Talent bank every single time. Yeah. And and I think that's when I was saying they make it harder on themselves. They know they need to be doing it. They just don't always do it. This falls into the category of just do it. Right. Just do it. Just do it. Make it a priority. Make it a priority. And 60 minutes on your calendar every week. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do know of one uh, general manager uh, in in the broadcast uh, broadcast Mm -hmm. uh, arena that every single one of his sales manager or their sales managers um, is required to spend 60 minutes a week. I love on, it. On recruitment required and I love required it. to report outcomes. And, you know, with that too, um, more senior leaders in organizations, general manager, et cetera, make that part of your weekly one-on-one with your sales leaders. Have them bring to those meetings. When you think about the agenda for those meetings, have that as part of the regular conversation. How many candidate conversations did you have this week? How much time did you spend? How many people do you have in your talent bank? Make that part of the weekly agenda. 20 years ago. 20 years ago, um, when I worked at a uh, radio broadcaster, I worked at Susquehanna Radio, I had an MBO that was paid monthly, a monthly MBO. And all I had to do to earn that monthly MBO is show my updated talent bank and highlight, put in yellow, the new people that had been added to it. As long as there was, there were at least a minimum number of people that was yeah. established, I would earn my MBO. I like it. it, it it's not, and there's nothing new. But it, it truly falls into the, what gets measured gets right. done. Right. It's like, <laughs> hey, you want that MBO? Here you go. All you yeah, have to do is keep an updated talent bank. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So um, size of sales teams. Here's the question. So mm-hmm. just over half, 53% of sales managers say they are dissatisfied with the size of their sales team. Okay. So that could mean that they think they're too big or too small. They're just dissatisfied with the size. So do you think the size of the sales team can determine the overall, um, whether or not you achieve your goals or is it more of a talent issue? It's not that you need more people. You just need 
more talented people? Which one, both? How does that work? Can I say yes, no, and both? Yeah, exactly. How does that square? Yes, no, and both. Um, can the size of the sales team impact performance? For sure. I mean, if you have too few people, like genuinely you have an open position and you have more, yes, of course that can impact it, right? Um, if you have too many people, that can impact it as well. And it's not easy to find the perfect number. Let's be honest. It's a hard place to find the exact right number. But adding people to the team is not always the solution. It's not. And I think a lot of sales leaders default to that. I need more people. I need more people on the street. I need more people calling on people. It's not always the solution. couple of thoughts on it. Um, from a talent standpoint, a little bit of a twist on that. I would think more about the stamp, more about do you have non-performers on the team? Are there people that are not consistently performing? And I know Matt, you and I've had this conversation um, a number of times, but think how often we've heard not everybody on the team can be an A player. That that drives me crazy. It's like, yes, it's like fingers on it, nails on a chalkboard, right? Your My immediate response is, why not? It doesn't mean that it's easy to have all A players on the team, but we should have the mindset that we should have all A players on the team and strive to get there. So if you're really thinking about the size of your sales team, I would start with really doing some performance analysis over a period of time of looking at everybody and how they're contributing to the overall organization. And if you have C players, get them to be a B or an A player or consider moving them out of the organization, um, et cetera. B to A, have the mindset of all A players. Yeah, you know, the other, you're exactly right. It drives me absolutely. That's, that is nails on a chalkboard. Yes. Um, the other thing that strikes me about this is sometimes sales teams, what, I, what I've seen is sales teams, sales, there might be fewer salespeople, but sales teams have expanded, mm -hmm. right? So, yeah. so we're in the, in the old days, five years ago, um, you had seven salespeople and two assistants. So you had nine people. Today, maybe yeah. you have five five salespeople, but you have two account managers, a specialist, and a yeah. It well, it goes back to what we were saying earlier in the conversation about structure, right? The the yeah. siloed sales structure is not working. It hasn't worked for years, but it is definitely not working today. And I think that's really where you have to step back and say, you know, do you need a lead generation strategy? Do you have the right strategy for growing um, key accounts and super serving key accounts? Do you have the right strategy to support solution selling um, or strategy structure? When I say strategy, I mean yeah. structure. The, uh, and if you're not thinking about structure changes, even the number of people reporting to a sales leader probably should be. So years ago, I don't remember what year, Jim Hopes, the former president of yeah. Center for Sales Strategy, wrote a white paper. Uh, yes, that was about, a lot of years ago. Right. About the lone wolf, the lone wolf sales model. And, yeah. and I don't remember. I bet that I bet that's 15 years ago. Yeah. He was right then. <laughs> and, and it was that's right. He was right then. Yeah. yeah. It, it's still right. So if you're you're listening to this, you should you should go to our website 
or I bet if you just Google lone wolf, I bet if you Google it, yeah. lone wolf sales approach by the center for sales strategy, I bet you find it. I bet it comes up. Yes. All right. Next question. Um, 90% of salespeople and 74% of sales managers are looking for hybrid work yeah. in one form of another. Um, I, most people are not saying they want to be remote and yep. not, most people are also saying they don't want fully yep. in office. Most people, 90% of sales manage, salespeople, 74% sales managers, hybrid in one form or another. What do you think of this? And do you think where people are working has an impact on their ability to achieve their goals? Yeah. So the first part of that, it's not surprising. Really, there's lots of research out there. I mean, this is one data point of it, but there's a lot of research to say that. So it's not surprising. Uh, but as I was thinking about this question coming in today, I really had more a little bit of a twist of a takeaway on this one. It's more of what you do with that information. <laughs> you know? And here's what I mean by that. And we've experienced this with um, a number of our clients. It's the inconsistency and having a plan for your organization. Meaning, don't say we're going to be um, back in the office full-time and then allow some people not to be back in the office full-time. Don't say we're going to be a completely work-from-home organization and then say, well, we really need everybody in a day or two of the week. Have a plan and stick to it. The inconsistency of your plan does more harm than just saying this is the way that it's going to be. So that that's one thing, but also consider it when you are recruiting. Full disclosure to the candidates that you're recruiting, right? Yeah. When you're looking, yeah. Yeah. because different people want different things. Just know what yours is and know what's important to the candidate. So just full disclosure from that standpoint. And back to the second part of your question about does it impact uh, the ability to achieve goals? It shouldn't. It can, but it shouldn't. Yeah. Um, and here's here's a couple of things with that. You may you may need different processes in place. You may need different talents for some salespeople. We learned through um, you know the early years of COVID when everything was work from home. We learned that discipline from a talent standpoint was way more important than it's always important, let's be honest, but it came to life more. How's that? Um, because if people aren't in the office, so you may need um, some talents may be more mandatory than they needed to be before. Processes may look a little differently, but it shouldn't pack organizational goals. If you're paying attention to the right things, tracking the right things, the performance should still follow. And if it's not, then other things need to change. Yeah. And I think that you're right. The 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 number one or one of the most important things is certainly to be very transparent on this is what we do here. Right. Yeah. And, and leaving it vague is not good. It's not good. And and I understand why why leadership sometimes wants to be vague because they don't want to seem heavy handed and they don't want to feel like they're mandating things. And, and I get that. But all you're doing is frustrating everybody else by doing that. That's right. Yeah. Right. Because everyone is waiting for someone to say, here are the rules. Yeah. And, and just give us the rules. Let us play. 
Transparency, transparency, transparency. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Stephanie, thank you so much for joining the podcast yeah. today. Really appreciate it. Your insights are are so valuable and so appreciated. So thank you for joining us. Um, and thank everyone for, for listening or watching. Um, we really appreciate you. Um, please tune in for the, uh, for the net. We have, we are, we are going through, uh, the entire media sales report and producing, uh, uh several of these uh, podcasts that are specifically on the media sales report. So, uh, thanks for listening to this one, but make sure you listen to the others as well. Uh, and we'll see you again on another improving sales performance podcast. This has been Improving Sales Performance. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, join us every week by clicking the subscribe button. For more on the topics covered in the show, visit our website, thecenterforsalesstrategy.com. There, you can find helpful resources and content aimed at improving your sales performance.